Mercy and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot of things have gone through my mind as I wrestled with this story. If you have suffered like this widow, the loss of a child or a loved one, I figured that the story might be a very hard one to hear. The story might provoke a silent cry at the injustice and cruelty of God. Maybe horror at the idea in the text that God was the one who killed the boy. Maybe a kind of hopelessness because God didn't rescue you like he rescued this widow with a resurrection. Inexplicably, maybe inexcusably, God ignored your cries. The ease with which the boy is restored is a punch to the gut of everyone who has ever found themselves at the mercy of a terrible death. God could have. God could have. But he didn't. Not for you, at least. Many more of you may simply hear the story from a distance, as if in a fog. It raises no alarms. You can assent intellectually to it with no problem. Death has yet to reveal its full and terrible face to you. So death is no problem. You can ignore it and have a good time with living. And God? God's no problem. Of course not. He's the solution. See, the text with its resurrection is a solution, not a problem. Here in the church, we read all the resurrection stories in the Bible as if they solve our problems. The son of the Shunammite woman, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, God raised them all. It's automatically assumed that that's good news for us. The big resurrection story, the resurrection story around which all the other resurrection stories in the Bible turn, is, of course, the biggest solution. The Son of God dead on a cross, and then, when everything seemed lost, the Father raised him. Jesus, the problem solver. But here again, the problem that has been in the back of my mind is only exacerbated. The problem that I have is that if God can really raise the dead, assuming that all these ancient stories are true, then why does he raise so few? It's only a handful the problem is he picks who gets raised, and the pickings are slim. You can count the stories on your fingers. Like I said, the text only highlights the obvious. God ignores most of us in the hour of our deepest need. Some of you know that deeply. Some of you don't, at least not yet. With Jesus, as the story goes, it's God's son who gets raised. I'm tempted to say God's son gets a resurrection. Well, that makes sense because what father wouldn't raise his son if he could? <laughs> but that leaves everyone else out in the cold. It's a big problem. God is awfully selective in his resurrections. And not much is happening out there right now as far as I can see. And so I ask... Does this story really matter? A small voice in me wants to know, well, suppose God can raise the dead when he wants to. Suppose all these stories about him are true. 
It doesn't mean at all that he's going to raise me. The obituaries tell what seems to me a more likely story. At the end of today's resurrection story, the widow says something that always gets me. She says to Elijah after he gave her back her son, Now I know that you are a man of God, and the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. It's that phrase, the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Of course she said that. Elijah had just given her back her son. Her groaning had given way to rejoicing right there at the funeral. The problem is right now, I still live with the groaning. We have to carry the grief. Read the newspaper. We do not see death overcome by resurrection. In the text, the turnaround was short. In most of the resurrection stories, the turnaround is fairly quick. Lazarus was in the grave four days, Jesus three days, some more, some less. For us, the time before the turnaround is excruciatingly long. Crushingly long, I have to say. We sow in tears, we sow in tears, we sow in tears. That's what we do. We groan and we mourn and we feel the pain of death. See, the question presses me. Where do I stand with God? Where do you stand with God? Is he going to do it for you or not? Everything else says not. But there is this one thing. In the story, remember, God came to the widow of all people through the prophet And I think it's important to remember that God has come to each of you in a very personal way as well. At your baptism, for example, in that act, God decided to do for you, of all people, what he did for Christ. To paraphrase Paul, if you have been united with him like this in his death, you will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Or to put it another way, here at your baptism, God adopted you as his sons. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. And what father wouldn't raise his sons if he could? And as a constant reminder against the press of time, against the temptation to lose hope, The pastor gives you Jesus' own body and blood and announces that it is for the the forgiveness of your sins. And again, in the absolution, God says through the pastor, your sins are forgiven. And whom God forgives, he pardons. And whom he pardons, he pardons from the death sentence. And if not, then what's the point? Does it mean that God is going to do for you what he did for this widow and her son? Is God going to do for you what he did for his own son? The promise that in Christ he has chosen you, that you are one of the blessed, that he has given you his word, is your hope. His word, he has spoken to us by his son, is the raft that we who are drowning in this ocean of death, can cling to and find life. So is it true 
Now we groan on and on. We are adrift at sea. Will it ever end? How long, O Lord, we lament. But even as time presses down on us and means everything to us, remember that time is nothing for God. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. Now it's true, we do sow in tears, but we will reap in joy. Is it true? Is the word of the Lord in the mouth of your pastor the truth? Just wait and you will see. Amen. Now may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds together in Christ Jesus. Amen.